0: Welcome to episode 24 of the English Sessions, the infinitive. I am your host and English teacher, Mike Butler. These podcasts can help you improve your English. Together, we will talk about grammar, pronunciation, structure, and have some fun, too. Remember to visit my website, www.englishsessionswithmike.com to contact me for private lessons and for more content. You can also read the transcript of this audio on the website as you listen to this episode. Listen for these words today. Hesitate. To hesitate is a verb. That means to think cautiously before you do something, or be uncertain to do something. For example, she hesitated first before she entered the room full of tigers. A tiger is a very big type of cat. Bale. B-A-L-E. A bale is a large quantity of something, all wrapped tightly together with string or twine or cords. This word is hard to describe, so go to the website for a picture of something that is a bale. I talked about the infinitive a little bit in episode 16, because that episode is about The preposition to. I talked about the difference between the to infinitive marker and the preposition to. Today, we will talk about the infinitive in detail. So, what is the infinitive? It's a verb. It's the basic form of any verb. It is the verb that is not conjugated. It is the verb that you find When you look up that word in a dictionary, for example, hmm, I can't think right now. What is the verb for when you move your teeth up and down with food in your mouth, move your jaw up and down to make it ready to go down your throat? Oh yeah, chew. The verb is chew. Or to chew. That's the infinitive form of that verb. Now, we know that this verb is going to change sometimes. There is the past tense form of the verb. Chewed. He chewed the food. Now, it is not the infinitive because it changed. It's not the basic form of the verb anymore. It changed. Another example: He choose the food. This is not the infinitive. As you all know, even though many of you don't want to follow this rule, which is your choice, the verb changes in the simple present tense, the simple present verb tense when he, she, or it is the subject. He choose, she choose choose and i chew these are all the simple present verb tense and not the infinitive okay so we understand now the infinitive is the basic form of any verb before it changes there are two ways to use the infinitive in episode 16 i talk about the two infinitive That is when we have the word to in front of the verb. To go, to play, to eat, to stay, to run. This use of the infinitive is pretty obvious most of the time. I like to play. I need to go to the store. It often comes after some other verb. I like to play. I need to go. I want to go. I hope to go. Right? It's very common. We use it all the time in English. Sometimes, however, it is not so simple to know the difference between the to infinitive and the preposition to in a sentence. I'm going to give you a little test. Pause the podcast and listen to episode 11 for clues to the answer. Number one, I am looking forward to bake a cake. Number two, I am looking forward to baking a cake. Baking a cake. Can you guess which one a native English speaker is most likely to say? Do you think number one? No, 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 no. Do you think number two? Yes, number two has correct sentence structure. If you remember, you will often see a noun after a preposition or a gerund because we all know from episode 11 that gerunds function like nouns, right? Let's look at some other examples using the preposition to. I am going to the store. I am walking to the park. The phrase, I am looking forward, is no different than I am going or I am walking. We just have an adverb forward after the verb. So, similarly, you can say, I am walking quickly to the park or I am going hesitantly to the store. Because of the pandemic. Or, I am looking forward to the park. I am looking forward to the store. I am looking forward to the cake. Because I love cake. And I am looking forward to baking the cake. Because I love to bake. Okay, so that's the two infinitive. Are you ever confused about whether the to in a sentence is the preposition or the infinitive marker? Email me with the sentence that is confusing you, and I will help. Mike at EnglishSessionsWithMike.com Now it's time to talk about the other way to use the infinitive. We call it the bare or zero infinitive. This is the infinitive without the word to. This is also very common in English, but often many learners do not realize that it is the infinitive. I am going to provide some examples. Listen carefully. Number one, I listen, I don't listen. Number two, I listened I didn't listen. What are we doing here? Number one, I listen. I don't listen. I listen is in the simple present. Subject plus verb in the simple present. I don't listen. Ah, now we have the auxiliary verb do. You follow auxiliary verbs and modal verbs with the bare infinitive. So, I don't listen is subject plus auxiliary verb in the simple present plus bare infinitive. What about number two? Number two, I listened. I didn't listen. These are all correct in English. I listened is in the simple past verb tense. Subject plus verb in the simple past. I didn't listen. Now we have the auxiliary verb, do, in the simple past. That is the one verb in the sentence that is in the past tense. The other verb, listen, you guessed it, the bare infinitive. I didn't listen. Subject plus auxiliary verb in the simple past plus bare infinitive. Sometimes my learners get confused about this sentence structure for talking about the past. For example, I teach English over the internet, so as you can imagine, there are technical problems. Sometimes my students say, Mike, I didn't heard you. And I can understand why they want to say that. They are talking about the past. So it makes sense if you want to have all of the verbs in a sentence in the past tense. Unfortunately, this is not correct English. So remember, the correct sentence would be I didn't hear you. Only the auxiliary verb do is in the past tense. Okay, so the bear or zero infinitive comes after the auxiliary verb do. I didn't hear you. I didn't stay in the park. I didn't go to work today. It's the same for questions using the auxiliary. We use the auxiliary verb do for questions too, as you know. Do you like pizza? Do you take public transportation? Like and take are the bare infinitive. It's the same with questions in the past. Did you take public transportation yesterday? Did you eat pizza yesterday? Again, only the auxiliary verb is in the past tense. So, another little test. Which is correct? Number one, did you ate soup this morning? Or, number two, did you eat soup this morning? Good. Number two is correct. Did you eat soup this morning? Let's move on. You also see the bare infinitive after modal verbs. What are modal verbs? Modal verbs are verbs like should, would, can, may, could, might, will. They are not ordinary verbs, and they have special rules. We definitely need to talk about modal verbs in the future, but today just remember that these verbs have special rules. They are not action verbs. They often express necessity or possibility or the future, will, for future events. They are similar to the auxiliary verb do. In fact, they are sometimes called the auxiliary modal verbs. It is the same rule as before with the auxiliary verb do use the modal verb and then the bare infinitive i can go i should go i will go i may go subject plus modal verb plus bare infinitive sometimes my students want to say i must to go they want to use the two infinitive after modal verbs I don't blame them. I mean, why not? You can say, I need to go. I need to go is correct. It's correct because need is not a modal verb, but must is a modal verb. So it is correct to say, I must go. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Why is this important? Why is it so important to remove that little word to... Well, for a couple reasons. First, it may help you to understand that there is a difference between modal verbs, auxiliary verbs, and other verbs. But also, I am the first to admit that adult learners often overthink things when learning a language. Second, more importantly... If you say the wrong thing, a native speaker might misunderstand you. Just like in your language, we become very accustomed to hearing something in a certain way. Saying, I must to go, combined with perhaps a strong accent, if you are still working on English pronunciation, is definitely enough to confuse your listener in my opinion. So, to recap, remember, I must to go is incorrect. I must go is correct. I will go is correct. I should go. I should stay. I should leave. I should play games are all correct. These are modal verbs, plus bare infinitive. So, The bare or zero infinitive, after modal verbs, after the auxiliary do, like in negative sentences or in questions. You will see the bare infinitive used in other ways. These are the the important rules to remember, however. Send your sentences to me, mike at englishsessionswithmike.com. And we will look at all the bare infinitive forms and talk about them. After the break, I will make a little story. You must tell me when I use the to infinitive and the bare infinitive. Hello, everyone. Mike here. I want to pause for a moment to talk about how you can help the English sessions to continue. If you'd like to support the English sessions, then please go to anchor.fm/the English Sessions. There, you can click on the support button and make a monthly contribution to the English sessions to keep this podcast going you can support the English Sessions for less than one U.S. dollar. Every bit helps. Also, remember, go to www.englishsessionswithmike.com if you are interested in private lessons with me, Mike. Thank you all for supporting this podcast. It's Mike, your host of Get the Word, an etymology podcast for word nerds. We'll talk about the history and origin of words in English. If you're coming over from the English sessions, well, then I'll give you an even bigger welcome, loyal listener. The English sessions is the podcast I've been doing for a while now for English learners, and and is where Get the Word was first conceived. I decided to make Get the Word its own podcast since I started to realize I was making content more for native speakers with these etymology episodes, which seemed to warrant its own feed. Don't worry, though. For those of you who are English learners, there will still be transcripts of the episodes on the website. Look for details in the show notes. Get the Word, an etymology podcast for word nerds. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I'm not feeling very creative today. My story is going to be just some information I found on my computer about recycling. It may come as no surprise, it's about pizza, I swear I eat other foods. I just really love pizza. Come visit me in Bisbee, and we'll eat at the best pizzeria in town, Gus the Greek. All right, so look at this information about recycling pizza boxes. Go to uh, the website for the uh, the transcripts. Does that plastic lunch container still have yesterday's pizza in it? Don't recycle it until it's clean. One dirty product, or one with food waste still in it, can contaminate an entire bale, containing thousands of pounds of collected plastics. This can cause thousands of recyclable, items to go to a landfill instead of being recycled. Cleanliness is essential. A very exciting story today, isn't it? Followed by something even more exciting, grammar. Okay, what verbs are in the infinitive? Well, the first sentence is a question with the auxiliary verb, do. All right, then we probably have an infinitive verb in there. The only other verb in the question is have. So, have is the bare infinitive in this question. Ah, and the second sentence is a negative. All right, so what's the verb after the auxiliary verb? Recycle. Yes, recycle is the verb in the bare infinitive. Now, you can see that it's everywhere. Go to the website to see the text about recycling. It will make this easier. Don't worry. Just pause the podcast. I'll wait. Are you back? Okay. Then what's the next sentence? One dirty product, or one with food waste still in it, Can contaminate an entire bale containing thousands of pounds of collected plastics. Well, do you see an auxiliary verb do or a modal verb in this sentence? Yes. Can. C-A-N. Can. Can contaminate. Contaminate is the bare infinitive verb. The next sentence has two uses of the infinitive. What are they? I will read the sentence again. This can cause thousands of recyclable items to go to a landfill instead of being recycled. Remember, a landfill is where we dump garbage. Modal verb can plus infinitive verb cause. That's the first one. To go to. Perfect. We have the to infinitive verb to go, followed by a preposition. And then that noun, landfill. Because, of course, in many sentence structures, you will see a noun after the preposition. Okay, that's it. I don't think I missed any uses of the infinitive here, but if I did, please let me know. In future episodes, I want to get to more specific problems that learners have, but I can't really talk about certain problems until I talk about the basic grammar being used. Today, I actually wanted to talk about the verb STOP. What are the differences between stop plus infinitive and stop plus gerund? But I decided that I need to have an episode about the infinitive first. Otherwise, you may not know what I'm talking about. And then you would go to some other source of information for English learning. And we can't have that. All right. I have a correction from last week's episode about Bisbee, Arizona. I listened to the episode, and I realized that I gave the wrong pronunciation of a word. No, I'm not talking about my attempt at Spanish. However, if you are a native Spanish speaker and want to correct my pronunciation, please leave a message on the website. No, the word I'm talking about is in English. It's a noun that has two separate meanings, both with the same spelling, each with a different pronunciation. These types of words are called heteronyms. Last week, I gave the wrong pronunciation. My pronunciation indicated the other noun with the same spelling. Let's travel back in time, shall we? There is also so much Wild West history here, too. Did you know that the famous town of Tombstone, Arizona, is just one town north of Bisbee? You can go visit Tombstone and watch a recreation of the gunfight at the O.K. Corral, which was a famous shootout where Virgil, Morgan, and... Next week, I will reveal which word I'm talking about. Remember, it is a word in English that is a noun. It is a noun with two different definitions, but with the same spelling, and each definition has a different pronunciation. Let's make it fun. If you know what word I'm talking about, write into the podcast or leave a message on the website. The first person to guess the word correctly will win a prize, and the prize is a a free private tutoring session with me, Mike. Oh, and one more thing, I had a student get back to me about uh, l- the last episode when I asked uh, what is uh, the word turquoise. In your language, is it similar? In your language, uh, Anya in Poland uh, sent a text message. Let's see. Okay, turquoise in Polish uh, is turkus. So it is a very similar word. And again, if I'm if I'm mispronouncing that Anya or anyone else in Poland. Uh, please go to the website and record your voice saying that Polish word for turquoise. Any questions? Write to me at mike at English with Leave a message for me on the website. I will play it on the podcast. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss an episode. Visit www.englishsessionswithmike.com for more content please rate and review The English Sessions on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Find us on social media, Twitter at The E Sessions, Instagram at English Sessions with Mike. Search for The English Sessions on Facebook. Until next time, this is Mike signing off.